Hey Ingo, welcome back. Hi Adam, how are you doing? Perfect, really. Just uh, cranking Java code. Um, there was no um, no opportunity to to uh, profile because it works good enough. But uh, yeah, but I thought the entire time about no kidding, not not maybe not the entire time. From time to time about JVM PI and TI, right? These are right. the two APIs. And what you told me right um, the last time is that the PI was the older one and the TI was the newer one, right? Yes, that's correct. The TI is actually also for the debugger, so that combines both both the the main tools, mm-hmm. uh, which need a native interface to the JVM to to get things done. I took a brief look at the TI because the PI is harder to find, and uh, it just like provides a C-like library, uh, sorry API to uh, instrument to to actually manipulate the JVM, right? So this is what the TI is. Yeah, that's that's correct. It's for the native agents. So that that has always been like also in, in, in the JVM PI that was a native interface because the profiler had to be written in 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 in, in C and, and not in, in Java. Like today we of course also have the Java agents to do stuff and so it's it's more mixed. Yeah. But uh, but still, like if you, if you want to write a profiler, you have to use the JVMTI, so you have to write a, a mm-hmm. native library. Everyone has to do it, right? Yeah. You know whether the async profile is also doing it. You know the open source async profiler. Uh, yeah. I mean that's that's a na- also a native interface. Actually, the the async um, uh, profiling uses the um, uh, an undocumented method in, in the hotspot JVM to get stack traces. Okay. Without pa- pausing all the threads, and, and um, it has to do that on a signal handler. So it uh, is not something that you can just call from any thread. You have to call it on a signal handler, and and that is typically only possible on on, on Linux and macOS and on Windows. It's a, it's a lot harder to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, that's also a native a native uh, uh, interface that you have to write a native agent for. So it means there can be no. You know, a few Java profilers, right? Every profiler will have to access the JNI in one A or another. No, I mean you can use a Java agent to do profiling. I mean, also it's it's what does profiling mean? It means just gathering some information about the runtime characteristics and presenting it to the user, so it can find the user can find out uh, what the problems are and. Um, yeah, you can use either Java agent or TI. This is what basically it. Because, for instance, the I think Bitrace is a Java ba- a Java agent based. It's just you know it's just like a this is like a profiler toolkit. It's not even a profiler, so you can manipulate the bytecode and like a Dtrace. So you can use the Java agent for it, or if you would like to use uh, or create a true profiler, so debuggers. You will have to use the JVMTI, right? So I think. Well, it's just a matter of, of overhead, really. I mean, you can write the Java agent and then get the stack traces from all the threads that are mm-hmm. running in, in the JVM. That is possible, and then you can like build a call tree and make hotspots and so on. So you can write a profiler just with a Java agent, no problem. But you will have big overhead and will distort the runtime characteristics. And exactly. Then, yeah. Then you can have the JVMTI, which is the native interface. We have lower overhead, and the JVM cooperates with your request to, to mm-hmm. do things. Um, that's okay. This is where I'm going. So, first, maybe uh, before we start, really, um, you know why PI was discontinued, or I don't know whether it's even discontinued, and TI replaced PI. So, where the limitations were back then? Yeah, there were things in the PI that then 
were seen as as not optimal. There were features in it that the JVM developers did not want to continue to have. So that had to be removed anyway. Okay. And um, there was ideas on how to unify the debugging and the profiling. So that that was a step. And to also make it not experimental, something that you could rely on, which which was not uh, always in a state of flux like the JVM PI was. And that was a very, very good development um, because now there is lots of tests for it and it really works. Uh, and the JVMPI was something that was not as stable. And, and profiling used to be like something that was not very stable. So you profiled and the JVM had a certain probability to, to crash just like that, not because mm-hmm. you were at fault, but just because the JVM did not expect to run in, in, in such a configuration. So that those were the bad old times. <laughs> okay. Things are a lot better now. So the JVMPI was never stable, right? It never reached stable API or whatever. It was never seen as a, as a stable interface. Okay. The, and the, JV, the, the like like the PI was like the unsafe, right? SunMisk unsafe, and the TI is a proper API to to interact with the JVM. Can we see it yeah. this way? Well, the PI was also documented, and, and they had it, but it was it was never tested. Really, it was was never taken mm-hmm. into account so much okay. during the development of, of of the JVM itself, mm-hmm. uh, as it is with the JVM TI. It's just now a part, integral part of, of the JVM, and uh, um, it's an important thing that that the, the designers have to think about all the time. Like, for example, with virtual threads, when they develop that, this is a big problem to get JVMTI working also for them. And But they need to do that all the time during the development process. So if they just forget about it, then profiling will not work anymore. So it has to be in the development process that, that the JVM de- uh, developers think about this interface and write tests for it and try the new feature with JVMTI and so on. So that that's very important. Mm-hmm. I just... Uh... The entire reference is in is in GNI or C, and uh, for instance, I take a look right now on the heap, and there is a watched field, an object, and and what is it? Ray monitor and X and and event management and stuff like that. So interesting. So uh, actually, what would be fun, you know, we could actually provide uh, Java, right? Java API for the GNI. So you could actually write, probably you even did it with the J provider, right? So I assume you've wrapped the GNI native code with Java to, to, to make it a lot easier, right, to work with? Well, I mean, our, our profiler has a large Java part yeah. and a large native part. So we, we try to stay in, in the native part, not go to the Java part when we, when we, okay. when we can, because it's expensive to cross the boundary between native and, uh, and Java. And there are lots of data sources that are in the Java part that need to then at some point travel into the native part. And we try to make that as cheap as possible. Mm-hmm. And, but we do not like have logic in, in the Java part that uses native functions if, if, if we can avoid that. I understand. Okay. Because that's always, crossing the boundary is expensive. This is uh, yeah, like a hooks. So what I meant is just if, if you have no low-level GNI uh, calls, you could actually wrap them with Java to make it more convenient. But the problem is if it calls you back, this is then you know the crossing the boundary too frequently um, wouldn't work. So what I thought about you know if you if you just have you know this uh, JVMTI, we could write a nice Java wrapper 
to make the instrumentation easier. But if you also get data out of there, that sometimes maybe doesn't make sense to have no, as you said, crossing the boundaries because mm -hmm. then it is too slow, right? So you have a J. What I now understand, you have JVMTI, which produces the data, and the data is stored somewhere and accessing the data from Java, and this is uh, like uh, more or less or, or async, not even asynchronously, but less frequently. You interact with the data sources, and this makes you more performant, right? Right. And then, like, the JProfile UI attaches to, to a socket that talks to the native library, not to the Java part. So it gets mm -hmm. all its data directly from the native oh. library. So we, okay. that's how it works in terms of yeah. getting Because if I see no G uh, native library, the first, uh, the first question I always ask myself, can we just have a Java interface for it, right? So, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is the first thing always, right? You should do that, but like with a profile, it's really not possible. It okay. You have to push as much down to the, to the native layer uh, as you can. Okay, so I now understood so most of the performant profilers, uh, how they are working, they uh, write native code to interact with JVMTI. This is like the data producer. And there, there is a defined API, you said socket, and there is like, you know, the visualization or presentation part. It doesn't have to be in visualizers, like the UI part, which interacts somehow with the data sources and then pro you know, sorts the data, filters the data, and does the more higher level operations, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a different different uh, um, types of profile in, in, the, in the sense how, how they present the data. Like if you have this, this async profiler that, that, that is used quite a lot, they just have these flame graphs in HTML, and mm -hmm. that's it, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, with JProfile, of course, there's, there's lots of UI for the various features. Um, no, but the architecture is always similar, right? So we have like, you know, the low-level high-performance native part, and it's hyper. It's, and the only reason why it is completely native is because the JNI uh, interface, JVMTI interface, is called a lot maybe several times per second even. And if we would do it via Java, Gen I calls, this would be the overload would be too, too, too high because you know, calling something several hundreds times per second between Java and Gen I is just too slow. So yes. you will remain in it. But you know, the new, um, how it's called, you know, the uh, new uh, Java native access memories could actually, there could be a JVMTI 2.0 or 3.0, you know, which uh, will allow Java programs to access the memory natively, right? So this could... Um, this could help, no? The, the new JAP, this is called Project... It's the Panama. Panama. With I, yeah. all the various things to access memory and uh, make uh, native calls in, in a safer way. I don't. We have to see if it's going to be quicker because it's going to yeah. be safer. So safer and quicker, we will, we're, we're going to see if that works out. But uh, it's very promising and um, it, it could be that, that it uh, could make it easier. But there's always a problem in, in going from the safe... Uh, space of, of, of the of the of the Java space to the unsafe space of the, of the native, and there has to be some some things happening in between. It cannot be so so faster than unsa using unsafe. That's that's um, for the memory access, for example. That 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 is. Uh, um, it's not possible because in the name implicates uh, implies uh, unsafe is uh, fast. And whatever else would be safe. Yes. <laughs> if something is safe, there should be a prote protection in place, and that protection costs time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, uh, okay, uh, this was actually a great point uh, because I, I always thought, you know, um, that you instrument it once and it stores the data somewhere, but it calls you back or whatever. This is very chatty JVMTI low level API, right? So, this is. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh. Yeah, and it works. Uh, this is now about the sampling. And sampling uh, profiler means that we are basically taking uh, stack traces all the time, right? So the challenge is to, 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 to point what you're interested in. You get the stack trace on event or something, and then you have to compare the stack traces. This is all about, I mean, more or less, 20 right, years yeah. of refinement, but actually you are comparing for 20 years stack traces, right? Yeah, the CPU profiling is about getting the stack traces in a manner that does not disturb the JVM too much. You have mm -hmm. to disturb it maybe a little bit. Like when you measure as a physicist, you know, you disturb the system in some way. Mm -hmm. But um, we have to disturb it as, as little as, as possible. And um, it has to add as little overhead as possible. And um, the overhead thing was always a problem with with sampling because mm -hmm. this the sampling in the jvm how, how do you get a, a stack trace from from another thread that is running i mean it's it's you can imagine that this is super difficult if the thread is running that you just ask the jvm give me the stack trace it could mm -hmm. be, be in a process of changing frames and so on so so you have to sort of stop it in, in some way you have to stop it and say okay now i can get the stack trace in a safe way of, of that thread because because uh, you have one, let's say your application, you have five threads which are async. So what you would like to have is like a transaction, right? The exact snapshot. Give me everything you have right now. This is the challenge, right? You cannot go to the first thread to say, give me a stack trace because they are no more comparable. What you would like to have in a profiler is like, now I would like to have all these stack traces. Is what I'm saying? No, that's not the case. Because in any case, you're accumulating things. You're never, okay. you're never looking at an, instant, at an instant in time, but you're always like looking at, at a longer uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. So whether you get stack traces all at the same time or a little bit spread out over time is, is not important because then you will anyway accumulate this, this okay. stuff. Look at the accumulated version for a period of time and say those are the hotspots that were in, in this time frame okay that's that's not it and, and the problem is that in, in in the past you actually had to do it like you described you had to stop everything and then say what what's where are you now and, and okay. that was introduced a lot of overhead of course because you're stopping things and the game is not working anymore and you have to um then wait until all the threads are stopped and there is stopped at some arbitrary locations where the JVM thinks, okay, I can stop here. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the problem. It has lots of overhead if you have very many threads, and they're not exactly in the situations where you would actually want to sample. I confuse that with debugging, right? So if you write to debug, then it's more important to, to know, you know, what's the status. But in profiling, you're right. This is like approximation, so you can gather and, you know, compare it afterwards. So, mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's where the the async sampling got in. This was like how many years ago now? Eight years ago, <clears throat> there were these discussions about async sampling. How that that is the solution to everything. And indeed, that was a, a very good solution to to say how how can we profile code um, without adding this overhead, without having this this global safe point that we need to uh, stop all threads in, and yeah we support that as well we have async sampling in, in jprofiler we have uh, you, you can you can choose but um, it has its own trade-offs that's not that you can say this is better in every respect this is better in this respect and in other respects it's it's worse it's uh, you have to do that as i said in a signal handler so 
um, you basically tell the operating system to, to call this uh, piece of code that you have on a signal handler. But in the signal handler, you can't do anything really. You can't allocate memory. You can't work with a JVM. Uh, you, can't, you can't like uh, call the JNI or something like that. This is, everything is impossible. So, so you have to write that in a, in a very restricted way, and there's a lots of features that you cannot support with mm -hmm. async sampling. And so if you use async sampling in JProfile, then the, the total set of features that JProfile offers is, is very much restricted. So, and, and it's not because we're lazy to implement it, but it's because it's not possible. It's very good. So, so JProfile supports both, right? Yes. So the, the, the first kind of a profile is called in, instrument how, how to call it properly? Instrument instrumentation. Yeah? Instrumentation. It's, it's just instrumentation and there is a sampling um, or sampling profiler and instrument instrumenting profiler and sampling profiler. Maybe this is the right, right? So there are two kinds of profilers. Yes, it's just, it's, it's just a mode. Like when you start a, a profiling session, yeah. you can choose whether which which of those mm -hmm. profiling modes you, you want to use. The, 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 the views that you see are, are always the same. So, but what you learned is that the instrumenting profiler is also asynchronous, right? It is not completely synchronous because something like a stop the world checkpoint are no more possible because of the over overhead. So, the instrumenting profiler is also asynchronous, right? Right. I mean, you don't you don't you don't have that uh, global save point thing with with uh, mm -hmm. instrumenting profiles because you just collect the data. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's in the code. Yeah. Okay. So That's the instru right. how the instrumenting comp uh, profile is working. So I'm using the JVM TI and say, hey, look, I would like to intercept these calls, and if uh, they call uh, you, you you sample the data, right? This is like. AOP aspect-oriented programming, more or less. Yeah, actually, you you modify the the, the bytecode. So when yes. the classes, when when the JVM loads a class, you you have a hook where you can say give before you actually load the class, give me the the, the bytecode, and mm -hmm. then I give you back a modified version, and you load that. Yes. Then you insert all all your insertions basically yeah. for profiling. You say like for example, when the method is entered and when the method is exit, please call me and uh, and then uh, you can you can measure the time. So and there is lots of detailed problems then uh, how you do that um, efficiently and you have to take care of many things if you if you uh, want to modify existing um, existing bytecode. But that's that's the way you do it. And if you do that too often, then um, the um, program will slow down a lot, especially mm -hmm. because you have to report. The data that you collect down to the native layer, you have to make JNI calls there. That's it's also expensive, and because you insert code into methods that really don't do anything and would be inlined by the hotspot compiler if it were not for your insertions. So you're changing also the way the JVM runs. It's in a way that is not ideal. So there is trade-offs everywhere. Like all of these um, um, profiling methods for collecting method calls have, have their benefits and mm -hmm. their positive sides and, and their negative sides. And you cannot find one which is always the best. This is, is impossible. So you always yes. think about it, what, what is it for, for my application, for my use case that, that is ideal. And it can be instrumentation. It is often instrumentation where you say, yeah, it's, it's just I have these very high level classes that there's just a few of these methods that I need to instrument and I don't instrument the XML parser like that that's not good you should not instrument an XML parser in, in, in with all its methods because that's not uh, that will not uh, produce um, good results for, for the call tree 
But if you have like your spring beans and, and so on, you can instrument that. They're not called very often, and you will get, mm -hmm. will get very accurate results that way with lower. So, and why the Java agent is now slower? Because the Java agent also instruments the bytecode. I think the instrumentation is slower, but if it's instrumented, it could be as fast as the native one, right? Yeah, absolutely. It will produce the same. It can produce the same instrumentation. And the, the Java agent also has this hook where it says, exactly, like, give me uh, the bytecode before you load it. I'll change it, and then, then you can load it. And of course, the Java agent has, has, has to have some instrumentation library that is in Java, and it... Um, uh, but the, those are available. We do all of this in, in, in the native part, but the end result will be the same. You, you're absolutely right. So you so can write... The loading this, is slower maybe, well, right? So the initial startup is slower with Java Agent, I guess, but uh, but if it runs, it could be as fast as a native compiler, right? As For an instrumenting profiler, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But for, the, for the sampling stuff, you cannot really do that very well with a Java Agent. You, you would have to resort to this brute force thread inspection with, with mm -hmm. Java methods, which is not suitable for, for real profiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what we learned in instrumenting is that we're modifying the bytecode to implement hooks, and the hooks are called, and we have to smart be smart where we put the hooks, but if the hooks are there, they are gathering data. What mm -hmm. I didn't understood is you told me that the data has to be passed to JVM layer. I could also pass the data to Java layer, but I will need, I know it's hard, right? I will need something outside. But I, in theory, I could modify the bytecode. I, I would say, just this is ridiculous. But I could even call, you know, an external interface, right, to 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 pass the data from the instrumentation. I can do whatever I like, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you have a Java agent instrumenting profile, of course, you stay in in the Java part all the time, and then you 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 accumulate the data there. And but even in the TI case, I could you know generate bytecode which calls an external interface, right? I mean, this could also work, or not. Well, yes, of course. First, when you instrument, you have to call some Java code, and then that Java code decides where what to do exactly. with, with, with the measured data. That's it. That, that, that is how it, how it works. Yeah? But you decided to call native code, right, from there? Yes, because we have many other data collection uh, um, operations which, which have to work in the native part, and that's that's where all the data is, is, is stored and then passed on through the socket to the JProfile UI. That's, that's ah, okay. the way out for all the data. It's not cool. like we can push the data up into the uh, Java space and then work with it from there. But we go into the native okay. part and then from there we, we either write it to disk or we communicate with the JProfile UI. That's that's how it works. But of course, you, you can have different design decisions and they will have different... Um, that was interesting to chat with, you know, I never, never built a profiler, but uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting, you know, architectural decisions. It's, for me, it looks like a big data project, you know. I spend lots of time in mm -hmm. enterprise, so we would have Kafka and data collection, but the architecture will be similar. So we have an IoT or whatever, which produces lots of data. Then with a queue, let's say Kafka, on the other hand, we would just try, you know, to make sense what what's in the in the uh, streams or topics and aggregate them. And, and uh, so this is why I'm asking, because it yeah. is uh, you are on the micro level, level and I'm on the macro level, but yeah, it's, yeah, but it's very, very similar design decisions, right? Uh, how often it has to be called, what is remote, what is local. So this yes. is why it's so interesting. And then, of course, uh, this, this async profiling uh, was for a time where you said, this is when you have CPU bound code, you, you have to do that. And... Um, you have to put up with with, with the drawbacks that it. Uh, that but what is this? What is the difference? I mean, the, 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 there is no instrumentation, right, with async profiler in place. It's like it's like sampling, but um, not with the JVMTI methods, but with this unsupported experimental hotspot interface. There's various ways even how to do it. 
but um, this this is the thing. There is actually there is a, it's a, it's a guy from SAP, Ernest Bechberger, who's trying to get this formalized and produce a supported version of the uh, async get uh, stack trace method, which is this uh, experimental hotspot API. Uh, a sort of version two that is then like uh, an official part of the JVM. And um, that is very interesting. We would be happy to see that. But there is a, like a tension between uh, the core JVM developers and, and this idea because they don't really, yeah, they don't really like it. They, they sort of think that JFR should be like the JVM profiler and mm-hmm. that, that is their, their main interest. And, but, you know, I mean, JF, JFR is, is, can be seen as a profiler in some sense and it pr- produces the data that a, that a profiler would visualize. But in, uh, fundamentally, it's a, it's a logging tool. So it, it logs data, it logs events to a stream and um, I'm not sure. We'd have to gain additional capabilities to, um, to be uh, a real profiler. We would actually like that because we do fully support JFR. JProfiler has a lot of uh, support for JFR. You can work um, with JFR, with JProfiler attached to uh, JVMs and so on. So it's one of our data sources, basically. By the way, could you use JProfiler for custom JFR, so business JFR events, you know, if I create my business events and use just JProfiler as a nice view for it? Yeah, absolutely. You should use uh, JProfiler for anything that you do with JFR. It, you, can, you can attach to, to, to these... Uh, to JVMs, you can start recording. Um, there's, if you look, that, that, that is what we did in the last release, JProfile 14. There was lots of additional uh, JFR support. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can analyze um, JFR snapshots. You can open JFR snapshots and analyze it with JProfile. Yeah, this is great. This is, uh, this is almost like a um, re- replacement or a better version of mission control, right, James? Yeah, absolutely. You should, should see that as a, as a, as a replacement for, for mission control. You have somehow been more visible, Ingo. So this is what I didn't thought about, you know. I always use Java Mission Control, and uh, using JProfiler as a nicer view, it is actually a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it didn't occur that actually you could use JProfiler this way. So uh, it's actually great because it's always good to have alternatives. And um, JFR is particularly interesting for, for on-premise projects where you can have your own business events for monitoring. You know, having a nicer view is always always nice, right? Yeah, and we thought about it also in the context that the J- JVM developers are planning to disallow attaching um, native agents to running JVMs by default. You have mm-hmm. to put a, JV, uh, a JVM parameter, a VM parameter to allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is po- probably coming at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So like, you will have these running JVMs where you will not be able to attach. Mm-hmm. You, this will not be allowed. Mm-hmm. And so um, having like JFR, which will always work, um, uh, if you have that uh, available as, as a module in, in, the, in the GDK that you're using for running the application, then, then that is, that is, is, a, is, a, is a fallback option. Where you say, at least I have that. Uh, it's, it's not ideal, but it, it's, it's at least something. You can get some in, in, insight with JVR data. Mm-hmm. You, for, for, um, I'm not talking about the custom events, of course. That, that is the particular strength of JVR, but also like for finding a particularly pronounced hotspot or um, getting some idea about uh, object allocations, and you could use JVR to do that. One brief question, if you would like to, um, uh, for instance, um, introspect the heap or, you know, just in memory consumption, 
JVMTI, JVMTI is the same interface, right? So you could access via JVMTI to find out, you know, how big our object is or something like this. Yes, yes. And um, like uh, if, with JVMTI, you have allocation sampling mm -hmm. where you can, um, like, say, do not, like, report every allocation because that is expensive. If you say, like, report every allocation to, to me and I will uh, then... Um, cre create some data that that is very ex expensive because the JVM makes a lot of allocations and mm -hmm. you don't typically like you would say like do not give me every allocation but every one hundredth or something like that and then you build uh, something from that where you can get a statistical idea of what's happening so that's mm -hmm. a feature that's baked into into the uh, JVM TI that allows you to get uh, mm -hmm. to get information on how much is allocated and where it is allocated and what objects are allocated so that's also in, in the native interface that is possible to do that in, in an efficient way mm -hmm. so back to uh, to to async uh, profilers I think the first I can remember or the first profiler can do both. Uh, or no, I don't know whether the first, but the classic one was JVisual VM, right? Uh, it instrumented, but you can uh, you could the first time I saw it actually use sampling to to have some uh, idea, and the sampling was almost free, but uh, it data could get lost, right? It sampled. I think you can even set up the sampling every two hundred milliseconds, one second, or whatever, and it sampled, and then it compared the stack traces, but the data in between could be could could get lost. So those are like the you know the simplest possible sampling profiler, right? JVisual VM. Well, I mean, it's, it uses the same principle as any any sampling profiler. Still, with the with the with the hotspot hack with the internal or no or? no no that that, that, you, that doesn't use async profiling okay. it uses JMTI sampling. But like sampling is always you say like every ten milliseconds or so call call my mm -hmm. call my callback and I will inspect the stack traces. Mm -hmm. Of course, what's happening in between you don't know. Exactly. So you always like build between uh, from one moment to the other. You build an idea where where could, where is what's the common stack trace of these yeah. both, of both these stack traces, and I'll I'll take that, and um, that that's just the way sampling works. You don't have invocation counts. You don't know how often a method has been has been invoked, which may be very important. You may really want to know like this has been invoked a million times, or you can't say it could be once, it could be a million. So, so this, this is the first true drawback, right? So this is the first what an async profiler cannot do. Counters. What sampling cannot do. There's no no difference between sampling and async. Um, I mean sampling. Uh, sampling, sampling, yeah. yeah. That, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, so you need instrumentation if you want to know how often something has been called. That's mm -hmm. that's definitely the case. And um, there's other things that you need instrumentation for. For example, we have a, a, um, a feature which is called exceptional method re run recording, which is if you have, for example, a service that, that has to complete in a few milliseconds, and it's called very often uh, externally. And sometimes it takes not a few milliseconds, but a few hundred milliseconds. And you really want to know, like, once in a while, when, when that happens, what is the cause of that? I want to see the, 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 the call tree for that one exceptional invocation where it took a long time. And usually with a profiler, it's not, it's not possible. I mean, how, yeah. how do you get that one invocation when it's drowned out by, the, by all that fast invocations, which are very many? So you need instrumentation to do that. And then you can have this special feature which can then say, okay, the slowest, I, I, I present to you here the slowest 10 invocations of, of that method with their separated call stacks, call, uh, call trees. And then you can look into that and then you see that one um, 
SQL statement, which uh, took a long time. You say, okay, this is this is this, and you can find out what the problem was there. So, so these are types of features that you can you, that need instrumentation. So if you're a purely sampling-based profile, don't offer instrumentation at all. There are certain features that you cannot offer. Exactly. So the sampling profiler can only observe the world, and then you know do calculations between snapshots, basically, yes. right? This is only an, an sampling profiler can do. But uh, you're right, the instrumenting profiler, what you can do, you can inject like smart hooks, right? So I can have some basic logic inside, say, okay, call me only if it takes longer than, let's say, 100 milliseconds. Or you can even say, please report exceptions, right? So every exception with specific type, I would like to have a counter, exception counter. That's what, for example, that's what a probe is, basically, yeah. when you, in, in, in our uh, terminology. So the profile has lots of these probes, which are all instrumentation-based. We all inject, we inject uh, somewhere into, um, in, into some um, framework code, into some code in, in the JVM and, uh, and intercept stuff there, and then we build data for our probes. And one of those probes is, as you said, the exception probe. So you can start exception probe recording. This is all optional, of course. We cannot record this data all the time. It depends on what you're interested in. But if you start that uh, exception probe recording, then it will show you where exceptions have, have occurred, what call stacks they have, even hotspots uh, of the exceptions. Um, they can, can find wh wh where these exceptions are generated. So there are all these high-level um, uh, probes that that rely on, on on instrumentation to to produce data. So smart data gatherers are called probes, right? It's like uh, data gatherers with uh, with additional logic. Yeah, that's a it could be a, a description for that. Yeah, it's um, they collecting data from from known frameworks on or condition or yeah, like Hibernate for example. You want to you want to know when you're working with Hibernate. Uh, what the various operations are and how long they're they're taking, and you want to correlate that with with your uh, with your call tree. So when you have the call tree of your application, you would like to see the the, the Hibernate operations in there. So, that's so they know what Hibernate is is. So it just you know gathers data from Hibernate packages, right? So this is this particular probe would do, right? So it's smart about gathering data. Yes. Yes. Pre-filtering. Yes. Um, interesting. So um, let's say. Do you have many, not framework specific, but just Java SE probes? Like, you know, we talk about uh, timeout, like, uh, or exceptions, I can imagine, exception counter, timeout, maybe. What else? Yeah, there's sockets and files, for example, which is like this IO stuff that yeah. you know, the standard IO stuff that you have uh, is, is in the JVM SE. Um, then, of course, like the I/O stuff expands to, um, to to stuff that is not directly in Java SE, like HTTP uh, clients, for example, yeah. um, and, and databases as well, which is like I/O um, related um, probes. And, and those are actually really important because, like, the, the usual application uh, has performance problems with I/O bound code. That's yeah. it's always. It's not the, the CPU bound stuff is 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 a, is a lower percentage of the problems than the I/O bound stuff, and so this is what I thought about. If you if you mentioned the probes, because I thought what I will do, let's say I'm, build, I'm working a lot with application servers, let's say, so okay, if something is you know slow, only escalate this method if let's say the uh, I/O was also slow. You know, you can say okay, if the I/O is slow, I know that there's something wrong with the network, but not necessarily with the method. 
So, and if the method is slow, then it's the question why it's slow. It's slow because of the network. And if you if you see in the stack trace that you have some logic in in the in the class which calls several I/O actually backend services, so I could provide some smarter pre-gathering, you know, almost like alerting. I could actually use the profiler, you know, to see what's going on in pre-production test or whatever to see whether it behaves properly, right? An application. Yeah, the way it works in, in the profile is that you have thread states. So the call tree is not like just one call tree which t tells you the wall clock time, which would be pretty useless, actually. So it has these various thread states um, where, you, where you can say, was the thread actually running, which we call the runnable thread states. Then you have the waiting, the blocking, and the net I.O. So mm -hmm. you can just switch. You have this, this, this selector at the top where you say, just show me the I.O. bound call, mm -hmm. call tree, where only I.O. methods are, oh. are important. This is like JVisual VM had the same, right? It was like a stack trace view where I can switch between the states. You remember this, JVisual VM? Yes, absolutely. You need that, but it's for waiting and blocking only. The this net I/O stuff that's something that you they have in JProfile. Okay, so um, which also uses instrumentation, by the way. We like go into all the various low-level stuff in the, the Neo thing, and so there's there's lots of knowledge about how, how the JVM operates that we need to do there to to gather this this thread state information for, for the profiler. Okay, then the sampling profiler, they cannot be probes, right? I mean, they, they have to work without probes. They have to be smart from outside. They can yeah, only... We have this hybrid, of course. We, we always do instrumentation. There's always instrumentation, for, for example, for these things, for, for knowing when we are in a net I.O. state. That, that is correlated with, with this sampling. So we know from instrumentation, now, now this thread is, is in an I.O. state. And when we sample, we, we know that and we correlate that, uh, those, those both uh, sources of information. Mm -hmm. So we do not never do purely uh, uh, sampling mode, but there is always some, some level of instrumentation going on with JProfiler when, when you work. It's just that it's all very high level and it never goes like into okay. your... Um, um, application call. But the pure sampling profilers, like the async profilers, they ha don't have any probes, right? No, they, they're not probe-based. They, they, they're purely about, you know, let's measure the, 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 the call stacks, the call tree and the hotspots without disturbing the JVM. But this, like, JProfile is more like this, this enterprise tool, where you like, yeah. work with real applications and have real problems and not it depends. I mean, if various developers have various problems. If you're a, a, um, a JVM developer, if you work on the JVM, then you have very, like, very, very different problems in terms of performance than, than somebody who works on a, on a Spring Boot application. So yeah. they, they need totally different tools. And, and the JVR, for example, that, that's a tool that the JVM developers wrote for themselves to make the JVM better. Yeah. And it turned out that it's interesting for other people as well, but it's like the fundamental DNA is like, let's solve our problems here for making the JVM faster. Mm -hmm. But they don't, that, that doesn't translate to, to, to people who, who are working on enterprise applications. They, they need something else. I'm just trying to find, you know, uh, use cases for me using the async profiler because I'm mostly interested in probes, mm -hmm. instrumenting. This is what always was interesting. And I only fall back to sampling profiler because sometimes, you know, the instrumenting profiler is like JVisual VM, sometimes it was really slow. So it, this JVisual VM, it started and instrumented, you know, my servers. Sometimes it took five minutes to instrument. And with sampling, I got a rough estimation, where is the hotspot? So I use also both, you know, back then, I remember 
as was 10 15 years ago so it was j visual vm and then i thought okay let's uh let's start you know the the the, the full mode and it took forever it slowed down the application and i was uh, glad that timeouts didn't happen you know with yeah. the backend yeah and then i used sampling i was okay now i have a rough idea uh, or just uh, went through um, um, back and forth but i never used the sampling profiler as an uh, advantage i just use, always use it for speed right but i i played with j profiler and i think i used the instrumentation mode because uh, there were all features available and it was crazy fast so if the uh, instrumentation is fast now the question is why we should ever use async profile well async profiling you should use that there is, as I said in the last podcast, like with Java 17 Plus and JProfiler, there is a lot less use cases for async profiling. Yeah. Because the, the normal sampling doesn't have the global save point thing anymore. It just has a, a per thread save point. And so you could use async profiling if you're worried about the per thread save point bias. So mm -hmm. that, that what that means is that the, the hotspots that you see might get pushed up uh, in, in the stack trace and so on. So you're not really having an entirely accurate picture of, of where the hotspots are. But I personally think that you have to construct use cases for that. So you have to have, you have these example programs where you can see how this is happening. But th these are all methods that don't do anything or just spin a little around. So this is not, not real programs. And, and the differences are, are very now very, uh, very little. Uh, they used to... So I think... What I can imagine, if you have really high performance, you know, you're building a high performance app, something, and you say, okay, I don't trust the instrumentation method. So maybe you can use async profiler so you've got to sure nothing is instrumented. It behaves as it should, right? It's just yeah. observation from outside. And then if you see, you say, okay, then I, I know what it's doing, then you could use the, because, yeah, this is what I can imagine, that uh, this is almost... Uh, the async profile is almost like, you know, without the Heisenbach, right? So because you are looking from outside, so you are pretty sure that there is nothing to to to, to disturb yes. because, of course, there's a little overhead, but uh, there is no instrumentation in place. You're just observing with a little, you know, uh, interaction with the program as possible, right? Yes, and, and that's, it's all sometimes really good to have multiple methods to look yeah. at the same thing. So you look at with, with normal sampling, you look at it with async sampling, you see does that produce the same result, basically? Yeah. Yeah? And, and if that's the case, then you can st stick with, uh, with normal sampling because it's, it has more features and is generally better than async sampling. Just um, if, 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 if the single thread save point bias is, is not um, uh, an important factor for you. So if you have like, if you're writing a multi-threaded compiler or something, then and you want to get really precise information on, on how the time is spent in the various subsystems and so on, then, then you should use async profiling. Or what so I think also, the, 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 the approach, like, you know, the, uh, the, the pattern called disruptor, like a ring buffer, high performance ring buffer was used, I think for log4j2, like they can do a millions of transactions per second, mm -hmm. along with byte arrays. I think in such a project, maybe you have to do both because it's the overhead, the over the overhead is maybe even in this particular project. I'm really interested how the you know the hotspot uh, optimizes the code without the probes, so you can be pretty sure it behaves as it should, right? Or, or, yes, as it has. Yes, yes, this yes. may be the you know the extreme projects, uh, but uh, for enterprise, I would say for me, instrumentation was always the way to go, and then only fall back to sampling 
because of performance, because sometimes the, the, the instrumenting uh, profilers were not usable, right? And as I told you, my experience was uh, C-Tracker back then was also slow, as I remember, with the uh, instrumentation. J-Visual VM was also slow. And the, uh, the breakthrough was uh, the uh, Java Mission Control. With uh, It was not exactly a profiler, but it was good enough for me you know, to find you know, memo leaks uh, or, mm. or resource leaks. This is what I use the Java Mission Control for. But now it's cool. So we have a commercial option for Java Mission Control, which is uh, yeah, which is really, I really appreciate. So I will take a look on that with JFR yeah, and JPROP. Yeah, absolutely too. Yeah, appreciate feedback. I was uh, last week at a conference called JDD in Krakow, and uh, before my session, which was just fun, I just like Java snippets uh, session. But uh, someone asked me what's my opinion on Kotlin. No kidding. And I told um, my opinion is that um, there is no reason for Kotlin because uh, I'm using Java 21 and this is just good enough. So um, maybe Kotlin is like syntactic sugar, but I don't think with Kotlin I will be faster or more productive more than 10% and then it's not worth. And uh, But what I said is that uh, I will have a podcast with a DJ profiler and, and he will convince me why Kotlin uh, is, is better for Java for particular use cases. The problem we have is this podcast is already getting too long. So my suggestion would be <laughs> one session, if you have time in future, just about Kotlin, what do you think? Otherwise, we will... Because this is a, but this is a great topic about, uh, I think we nailed instrumenting versus sampling, right? There's nothing more to add. Or do you have something which could be, you know, clarified with the profiling space? No, I think we, we talked a lot about the various various modes. And, and it's really important. And it's, uh, and it's difficult and tedious for people who want to profile to, to, to think about these things because they say, why doesn't the profile just record the data and show it to me? Why do I have to think about these things mm -hmm. and, and the trade-offs and so on? But you have to because it, 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 there is no best way. And, and that's just the reality of it. And Which is good. This is why we have jobs, right? If there will yeah. be just only one, then... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, I met Mr. Bechberger in uh, DevOx. And mm -hmm. we had a chat. He had a talk about building profiler in 30 minutes or something. So it's a really nice, interesting talk how, how to, um, with flame, flame charts and stuff like that. And um, we will, I will have him uh, on the podcast as well. So we'll talk about uh, his, his take on that. Oh, so. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I really like what he's doing. And uh, I would be very happy to, to get that um, in, in the JVM. And I'm a little skeptical like when I read the mailing list and so on. It's... Um, they they are they have their own ideas and uh, I'm not sure if they they will will do that and uh, they they're very much focused on on their world not so much about the out, out of world but this is always the case so uh, I work to know but this is I mean the, the uh, but this is always the case right um, yes of course I mean I, I worked with Sun Microsystems back then or not with uh, they produced applications servers like Glassfish and I used the application servers so. Uh, Sometimes I couldn't understand the engineers because they, they look at Glassfish from completely different different perspective than I did from outside, right? For instance, they were they were concerned about modularization of the entire thing, and I didn't care. I just wanted that it boot fast. Whether there's one module or fifty, I say uh, I I really don't care how many modules do you have internally. I would just you know run the thing and put my application on it and and, and call it a day. So there was for me, and, and there was and I think it's the same in the JVM. They they, they would probably have the fastest safest. Uh, JVM on Earth, and we Java developers would like to have, you know, a JVM which is easy, easy to use, you know, with not uh, just, you know, connect and do something and not, you know, to be, th this is maybe the tension, but this is normal. I think it's the same, you know, with, with 
you as a product builders, yeah. you have a completely different perspective on, on your product than I from outside. So this is normal. The same with the module system in the JVM. That was, a, I think, a great controversy. I mean, there are lots of people ask, why are you not like doing something? We need these features from OSGI. And so yeah, exactly. your, module, your module system doesn't do any of that. And what does that, what benefits do we have there? And that was a module system really for, for the JVM. And um, they solve their own problems and some problems of developers, but like maybe not enough yeah, to 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 warrant the disruption. So that that was a controversial uh, thing, I think. That uh, now it's in the past, and uh, that's the interesting uh, part. I didn't like OSGI. So and what I what I did, I said, okay, we we we, won't, we will not use OSGI in my in my project because you know module system will come out. Mm. And then what I knew is if the module system will come out, maybe you know it's the project is over, and no one cares. And now we have the module system and we not use the modules a lot in enterprise projects. So I use it more in CLIs or whatever in my own leisure, but never in microservices because the microservice itself is, is a module, right? So there is no, we don't need more modules yeah. inside a module. Yeah, so, um, monolithic application. Yeah, exactly. Ingo, perfect. So the next time we'll talk about just about Kotlin. Maybe a little bit yes. profilers, maybe maybe even a little bit Kotlin profilers could be interesting. Yes, but absolutely. I will focus. Yeah, yeah that's focus. Uh, why Kotlin is better than Java? This would be the title of, of the podcast. You know, to be a little bit more controversial. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. I'm looking forward to it. Huh? Oh, maybe uh, pe where people can find you know J Profiler, your your technology page. This is a little bit promotion. I forgot about that. So EJ Technologies, right? Is yeah, EJ Technologies. But you can just like put J Profiler into into Google, and it will will get you there. Uh, okay. Thank you. Easy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And um, I'm looking very much forward to talking to you next time.